0: This is Vino at 27, real women living, laughing and talking deep. So I may I'm May. I'm Leesh. And I guess this podcast is us just talking from our perspective on some serious issues and some more lighthearted, but generally just the kind of chat that we'd have on a Saturday night at 27 with a glass of wine. So tonight we're drinking Yellowtail Merlot and we're going to keep that going throughout, throughout the episode this evening. Um, I guess a starting point, least, is to talk about why we wanted a podcast.
1: Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. I think I wanted to do it because, firstly, I think I'm not a person who probably puts myself out there. So it's Mm -hmm. about me being able to kind of put some of my perspectives out there. Like, we're always in the garden, talking, challenging each other. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like it's about time for us to kind of put ourselves out there, talk about some of the issues. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah.
0: And I think... um if, if we keep taking pauses, it's probably because we're sipping from our drinks. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I agree. And I think we have lots of conversations. We chat to other people. We, I guess, explore a range of different topics. Mm. And at some point, it's like, maybe other people might find it useful or somewhat interesting. They might not. But just to hear some of what goes down at 27s on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, and be able to relate. Because sometimes you do feel like particularly this year we felt like you know isolated through what we've been going through so it's about being able to have that conversation and maybe like widen the audience
0: for it definitely so let's kick off with we're assuming everyone knows us but yes. Leash, do you want to say a little bit about yourself
1: okay yeah so i'm a black a proud caribbean uh woman um i am a mum to a 14 year old and I work in education um, around race, racial injustice. I'm really passionate about it, although it can be quite heavy at times. Um, but I'm really passionate about being able to really change our narratives and have our voices heard. A lot of the time, you know, what we've heard in and well, what we've experienced within our community, I don't think gets involved in a lot of the work that I do. So, um, yeah, that's me. I'm fun loving. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. And i May, so... Yeah, I'm also a mum to a 15-year-old, going on 21, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I work with young people, I'm very involved in the criminal justice system, and so challenging at various stages within within that. Um, I guess a member of a range of different groups that influence, mm-hmm. um, influence around race equality, around criminal justice, and advocating for our young men um a mixed race mm-hmm. we speak a lot about race probably throughout this podcast yeah. a lot about the black time, community yep. and so i guess everything that we talk about is through that lens, that lens yeah 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 definitely yeah so what are you kicking us off with Leash? Okay, what so this reckon? one
1: I think is really fitting for the time that we're at. Um, oh yeah, is about... let's
0: just say, we just need to say as well, International Women's Day and all that. Yeah,
1: coming up, and um, this know? has been, what well, in years in the making of, let's do something, man, let's do something, mm. we, don't, we never actually do something, so I think now's the time, and I think this subject was really good to kind of kick us off because you get to find out more about who we are, so the first subject we're going to be talking about is uh, black womanhood this is mm. what the series is about um and one of the first questions or not questions maybe topic area we kind of want to explore is what does it mean to be a black woman in the uk yeah so how do you feel about that may like in terms of you thinking about our conversations and stuff
0: yeah i guess first probably let's put out a disclaimer for like the sounds in the background, our sound quality might not be great. <laughs> this is a first time attempt and we've got a lot going on. But um okay, black womanhood, what does it what is it what does it mean to me?
1: Yeah. And in, in particular I think I have said the UK because a lot of what we hear and <coughs> um, is from either America mm-hmm. or london mm-hmm. and we're women in bristol yeah, yeah so i think it's really like whether you want to bring that in being in bristol i think it's really um key for us to,
0: to talk about that sure so i don't know it's a big question really mm. it's huge and i think it's a really complex issue and for me myself being mixed race um just like the different components to my identity i guess um have a huge influence in how i view myself how i experience the world like i'm really attuned to the fact that i'm light-skinned and Mm -hmm. that has offered me some privilege in my upbringing and my life and And we've had to have conversations about it we do and often i think people shy away from those conversations Mm -hmm. essentially for me i think when i talk about black womanhood, it influences in every different sphere of your life. Mm -hmm. So that identity at work, that identity in your personal life, that identity when you're dating, that identity as, you know, as a parent. Um, We're faced with a range of stereotypes as black women in varying different degrees about being aggressive, being strong, being resilient. And I think that actually for me, Mm -hmm how I, you know, I love being a mixed race woman. I, I'm i really proud of my identity. And that's not to say it doesn't come with struggles, but it's been really important for me to be able to, I guess, understand my experience of the world and the fact that my culture, that those influences shaped the way that I operate yeah. in every different scenario. And there's something about how i push back on the stereotypes that have been put on me yes, as being a yeah. mixed race woman and that's
1: been i think you do that a lot though i think that that has had to be key in your life pushing back on some of those Definitely. stereotypes, particularly in bristol
0: particularly and yeah. i think that we're in a climate where we hear these conversations about you know lighties light skin mm-hmm. girls and what the connotation of that is and the I guess women being objectified in a a particular way. So for me, when I talk about womanhood, Mm -hmm. that's about my strength as a woman, but it's also about my vulnerabilities as a woman and the fact that I'm not always strong. And a lot of the situations that people measure me on of being strong aren't of my choice. Yes, yeah. So,
1: yeah, absolutely. you know, I'm,
0: I'm supposed to be a strong woman and people talk about me being resilient. In fact, I've raised my son by myself mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you've got to certain positions in my work. But at the same time, a lot of that wasn't about choice. It was about the fact that was the card I was dealt and I had to deal with it. So sometimes it's about being in survival mode rather than necessarily saying, I want to show the world I'm a strong woman. It's like, nah, I just need to live and pay bills. Yeah. And that comes with a sense of responsibility. And so when we talk about womanhood, I think there's something about how do we come together as women? Because that's really important yeah. to me. Yes. How do I come together with my friends? I think friends? of us
1: doing this podcast, you as know? Far, if I'm honest. Like, I, definitely, I didn't say it at the start, but it's definitely about how we come together. Because I think we're coming to that but I do think that we're fractured as, as women in this community and I do think we need to do something we, we can't be waiting for community projects to come up for us to then think oh I need to do something awful for a tragedy to happen like George Floyd for us to be like yes let's come together mm. why don't we just come together yeah.
0: <laughs> you know so I don't yeah I definitely think it was about um a collective that 's it and we've got a lot going against us statistically yeah. in terms of the wider system and so the importance of strength mm-hmm. amongst each other is key so for mm-hmm. me talking about black womanhood is very much about a collective and that's not saying all our experiences are the same because we know there's they're not no. and they're very different but it's about how do we support each other and uplift each other as part of that mm-hmm. and and I think there's, there's also something about what we owe to the next generation of girls that are, May, that are coming up. Beyond.
1: And I think I think also, I think I'm, now you're bringing all this up, I'm like thinking, yeah, that must have been another reason why I want to do it. I think the next generation, thinking about myself being a young mum, <clears throat> I kind of wished I had someone who kind of not showed me the ropes because it wasn't about me being a mum to Jahari. It was about how do I find myself? Mm. So for example when you become a mum, that's not your only identity. Yeah. And I really wanted to be able to have multiple identities and understanding that actually you go to work or you're going into education and I'm a different Alicia, like I'm going to be different and that's actually okay. Yeah. And actually having safe spaces for yourself as a black woman is okay. You don't have to amalgamate every single thing in your life. And I needed that because I think as soon as I had my son it felt like my identity was subsumed into this being a mum.
0: But also, the world tells you, you know. Yeah. yeah. You see these memes and these conversations about, wow, she's out at the weekend and she's mm-hmm. doing this. And mm-hmm. that, as if we're not holding down the house or doing what you're doing day to day or working hard. Mm-hmm. And so that balance is quite hard because there's a, just a lot of judgment from wider society about how we should be as a mother. Yeah. Whereas the reality is, is... That's one part of your identity. And if we want to be strong women and raise our men mm-hmm. as well, like we have to be really mindful of the fact that like, we have to be at our best. Mm-hmm. And to be at the best means that you have well-being time, yeah. you have a chance to look after you, as well as being the nurturer, the mother, and the... Um, Sorry. See this is what happens, you know, the snap is popping off. Yeah. that we try to be serious for a hot moment and it all crumbles. But here we go, here we go. Um I can't remember what I was saying, This, So yeah. I'm just gonna throw it back to you, like what does black womanhood mean to you? Well, I'm gonna just kinda of challenge you on
1: something when you said just a minute ago you said like we hold on the house. Like what if your partner's holding on the house? Like I'm not saying that I'm gonna be a neglectful mum, but like I can be a good mum, whoever... I don't get what when you say holding on a house because I think we're
0: already... Like, as people, we do that, like, don't we? No, but that's the point. Like, so we should be... like. No, the free. point is that's what we, we are doing, but there's okay. a, an assumption from wider society that if you behave in X way or you do certain... Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, that you haven't got... But I guess men you're, can be
1: out there doing that.
0: Of course, because okay. that's the double standard of society. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it goes. And that's how it's always been. And I think that's why it's always such a challenge. Like, Mm. we've always faced... Um I guess a number of barriers based on the fact that we're young mums, yeah, 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 and being I a felt being that. a single parent, being a young mum already, there's like a judgment of who I am, how I act mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and and what my life is destined to, so for me, it was really important to try and challenge some of those stereotypes yeah, and that. make sure that I built like a real solid career that couldn't be taken away from me, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I shouldn't be having to prove myself, no. because people are taking out of context just how hard it is. Mm. Parenting, mm. anyway. Yeah. Beyond. You know?
1: Definitely, meet, we're going to be definitely be doing a series on parenting, because that's a well, whole I, one in as well, Yeah, yeah. But particularly during lockdown, because this has been, wow, hard. Um, so what does it mean to me to be a black woman in the UK? I mean, I think I start with, it's quite interesting when you talk about strength, because I've seen the most strength come from my mum and my nan, and mm. I... I don't know when I was younger I don't think I necessarily I think I took it for granted I think I was more about um they just do that that's how they are they just get on they do this they get up and go to work and just it's like this is how they are I didn't realize how much it meant when I be- until I became an adult Um definitely was a mum so I think for me um being a black woman is 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 about having strength like for me yeah definitely is about the strength I carry and the proudness I have of it. Mm. Um, but also being able to be masculine and feminine, I think that's huge. Like, I watched my mum be able to have all her tools, do all this stuff in the house, but also she was cooking and stuff. Like, it wasn't about, oh, I need a dad to be able to just go and do this masculine stuff, babe. It was about being able to like <laughs> <laughs> my <laughs> mum do all the, like... Um, you know, everything. So I I generally think it was being a black woman in this country is um about my strength but also about my heritage. Being a Caribbean means a lot to me. Okay, so basically we're gonna reset the room because we had a little interference from a spectator. <laughs> so that's like the black tech uh technology glitch. Um <coughs> so yeah, like I was saying, uh being a black woman in this country I think I said that, you know, I'm really proud of being Caribbean, but for me, really, it's actually not proud. I'm just, I think, after Brexit and what happened, and, you know, Black Lives Matter, being in this country, I realised how important my heritage is to me. Mm. Not less, I, I'm proud of it, but I know how important it is to me. Yeah. So... Okay, let's move on to the next topic because although we kind of covered a little bit about the challenges, I think it's really key for us to kind of talk about it um, in this section. So what challenges, Maya, do you think we face as black women today in the UK? So stereotypes, again, you talk, you, you spoke about it a little bit, but kind of going into more depth about stereotypes.
0: Sure. Um, firstly, I'm going to try to keep our comp- <laughs> composure this time round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I yeah no I think again it's a it's a big question so we have stereotypes it's just one bit of it yeah,
1: oh always yeah the
0: reality is is how much conversation are we having about the intersectionality of yeah. us being women, mm-hmm. of us being black women, of us from particular socioeconomic backgrounds, not to mention if you have mental health conditions, etc. Mm-hmm. LGBTQ plus. Yeah. Or, you know, there's so many different elements to it. So for me I think it's it's sorry, what's the question? So the question <laughs> <is> that <question, laughs>
1: we're oh, not on the spot, we're not interviewing. Okay. So yeah, no, just revived the <laughs> What are the challenges, what challenges, challenges do you think we
0: face as black women in this country today? Okay, so I think the biggest challenge is the fact that you exist as a woman mm-hmm. in a society that is patriarchal. Yeah. So it, you know, men mm-hmm. are in a position of power in this country. Yeah. Like granted, our systems, our structures are built off the power of men. Mm-hmm. So Let's be clear though, we're talking about white men. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. However, well, let me go on to say, yeah, so in a position of power, so as a woman, Mm -hmm. you're facing that inequality. Yes. Then you have the fact that you have the race equality agenda. Yes. Yeah. So then for me, it's being a woman, Mm -hmm. then you have... The race equality agenda, which let's be honest, often yeah. the focus of the movement is on men and yeah. black men, yes. and over overrepresentation. We've seen that already
1: with George Floyd when right? he was he died. Breonna Taylor had died. Right, uh, what month before he had? So you like, see, yeah.
0: So even within the race equality agenda, there's a focus on men. Mm-hmm. So then you have the fact that as a as a woman, you're not the top of feminist agenda when i talk about feminism feminism. it's about white middle-class women it doesn't include black women or our voices at all then when we talk about race yeah you have the fact that it's it's there's a focus or a a lead from black men so where do you fit as a woman yeah then i have the other factor of being mixed race yes so then where do i fit into that that narrative Again. Yeah. So it's complicated because actually, who's representing those views and who's leading the conversations about the issues affecting? us as women, and when I think about me specifically, like my place in society. So a huge challenge is what's the political movement, what's the conversation, who's in those spaces? And what's, so important. And what's their perspective? Because we said before, we're not all the same, our experiences aren't all the same, mm-hmm. and who are the people representing you in those spaces? For example, I don't want to go off on of a tangent, but the Conservative Party will say oh, well, we're breaking records, we're leading the way, we've got, uh, like, our most diverse cabinet, yeah, yeah? and you're talking about Pretty Patel, she's not representing right? she's not representing <laughs> no. so also, like, what women are in spaces, and how are they representing the journey, or making challenges, or have those perspectives, so a huge challenge is who is the voice, and how do so. they understand intersectionality, in terms of all of our different identities, that's yeah. not to mention, if you're a mum, do you know what I mean? Oh if you're, yeah! Like all of those things yeah. interact, so that's a huge challenge. I think colorism is a huge challenge yes. for us as Black women. Sorry, think,
1: before you know, before you go to colorism, I do want to say the whole who represents our voice Yeah, and I don't want to cut you, mate. Is nah, a huge thing because. I think when, particularly now where, you know, everyone's driving towards um, the BAME agenda, okay? Mm-hmm. And I look at it, even particularly like in a lot of spaces I go, and there's a lot of men who are speaking for the the majority and you're yeah. not speaking for me. Yeah. And that's not being me being rude, but I think within our community, you don't want to call those men out because they've got to that position.
0: But you also don't want to call people out in front of the wider audience. Wide oh my God, audience, yes, absolutely right? not, no. So it's almost like... Okay, if we're in meetings and we've got a white audience or you have particular leaders or whatever and it's a predominantly white audience, I don't want to tear you down as a black man in that space. But at the same time, certain things you're saying aren't considering the woman's perspective or the impact what you're asking for will have on women or how it, um, I guess, negatively oppresses women, the concepts you're talking about. Yeah, but we still need to have those conversations but just behind closed doors.
1: Yes, but yeah? I think but I think you're right. So even if we took the conversation behind closed doors, that doesn't even happen. No. And I'm gonna be really honest, because I don't do it. And no. I know when I see men doing this and saying certain things that I'm like, absolutely not, why are you speaking? And and also about this?
0: that whole hands up if a uh, if a uh a man has taken your idea and portrayed it as his own <laughs> yeah and <it> was- <laughs> hands all up in the room by the way you can't see us they're up
1: they're up yeah because that's the thing like i know a lot of men and this is the thing that they they do take our ideas and i think if you were to be like do you know what you know your idea is amazing i'm gonna take this and let's collaborate on this let's oh. do that but a lot of what they do they'll just take it yeah. and roll with it have their name to it and I know it's because the society also oppresses them. So mm-hmm. I don't want to be the person tearing who then down. tearing down a black man. I don't want to do that. But at the same time, when does our voice become potent in this conversation? When do we get to be the person who's like, okay, we're hearing your voice, we're hearing your experience?
0: I don't think that happens. And I think this is it. So the... People advocating on your behalf. So we're yes. talking about violence against women, sexual yes. violence against women at the moment a lot, yeah? Mm-hmm. As an example. Um, and then it's been derailed with, like, not all men. Yeah. Which I say is the yeah. same as all lives matter. Like yeah, we're yeah, not yeah. chatting about not all men. Yeah, yeah, We're yeah. talking about those men who perpetrate. And also, you can still be an ally even if you're not a perpetrator, yes. yeah? So that leads to another big challenge that we face is our invisibility. Yes.
1: Yeah? Yes, yeah. So
0: in those conversations, we're invisible. When people are talking about health inequalities, they're not necessarily talking about black women dying in childbirth. Because, Mary, did you know about this? When, right. you, when
1: you were pregnant, right. I have no idea. And I'm, 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 I'm hoping, or not hoping, I'm guessing the statistics haven't really changed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I didn't know about this. I knew that there students who are training, do not know that we are now, it was five times, we're now four times more likely to die in childbirth. I didn't know about that no. and it's not about they keep they always want to bring this in the language barrier it's not a language barrier because it's second generation women in this, this country it. who are dying so this actually why are we not in at the start or talking about this more between ourselves but also why do we not have men who are advocating for us regarding this and
0: this is the same as when we think of that upbringing we think of being teenage girls we yeah. think about young girls being with older guys and mm-hmm. um, we think about the fact that School didn't think it was an issue that your 18-year-old boyfriend was rolling up in his car, yeah? We think about... Other people, it was a blame thing. Like, yes. I know a number of black boys talk about it now, where well, all the girls wanted to be with older guys, yeah. not recognising it was exploitation and grooming. But we
1: didn't know it was exploitation. You and know? I'm not saying that they should have, the boys who were in our school, because I think I if we didn't know, they didn't know, and no one had taught us right. that it was exploitation. this so invisibility. No, it, it was completely invisibility. But I do think that goes to education and that goes to the different another generation who did not teach us about that. And I'm guessing that their generation wasn't really taught about it. Right. So I do get that point. But at what point, right now we know it is yeah. and I still know but that But that's still
0: struggling. So we say we know it is, mm-hmm. but our services still reacting like they know it is. Are yes. uh, we holding each other to account? Each like other, I think is, that's more important. Because those same guys now have 15, 16 year old daughters. Is it acceptable For them to be with 18, 19-year-old men. And let me just say this. I told you a number of times, Mm -hmm. the biggest epiphany in my life Mm -hmm. was... A few years ago, however many years ago it was, when I decided that I would not be in a situation that was not good enough for my daughter. I don't have a daughter, but I had to think, if this relationship is not good enough Mm -hmm. for my daughter, it should not be good enough for me. So I think another challenge that we face is our expectations Mm -hmm. in terms of what we expect from relationships and what we will endure.
1: Uh, absolutely but it's so difficult and I think this is always going to be a difficult topic because I think we also have to think about the trauma our parents or for example when I think about my mum what what trauma she may have gone through what trauma she may have seen my Mm nan go through being in this country and I think The parenting wasn't there. And I'm not saying I would never, you know, say my mum was a bad parent. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying the parenting wasn't there for us to understand exploitation, understand expectations of men. Yeah. Understand that these big men who are walking around and we see them in our community. And I'm not talking about London because I live in Bristol. We see them going after... Women who are twenty years, ten years younger than them. What are you doing as a thirty-year-old man with a nineteen-year-old girl? Mm. None of us talk about that, but yeah. we'll all be like, "Oh yeah, nah he's cool." Men will be sitting down with them, having big old conversations, and then this—look what happened in London when the man did what he did yeah, to the yeah, girl. Yeah. Everyone's ready to, to rail up and be like, "Where oh, you sit down and him. drink
0: with man who was chatting to fifteen-year-olds exactly. when they were in
1: their 20s it's, And this is still happening. So I think. What you were saying about, yeah, the exploitation when we were younger, yeah. I completely... I don't say that that was right at all. Don't think that, that I'm saying that's right. But what I'm saying is, I think the awareness was that for the our boys mm. or for us. Mm. Now we are very much aware we have the internet. Yeah. We were able the other day to call out this man for the nastiness he's carrying on with. Mm. So right now in our community, what we see happening to yeah. some of our young girls... We need to speak up about it. And I'm not talking about just women. All of us need to speak yeah. up about it. So I completely... I get where you're coming this from. This is eh?
0: it. And then, on, aside from our invisibility, our exploitation, mm-hmm. toxic relationships, we have our stereotypes. Mm-hmm. You know, these... We talk about them all the time. It's so interesting, because I think there's not... You know, in light of everything that's happened in the last year, and yeah. people trying to be more um, race-equality aware, everyone's talking about the stereotypes of black women. Yeah, However... They I'm talk about it. Yeah, but how does that translate? Yeah. Because just because now you know the word microaggression, what does that genuinely mean? Because yeah. that hasn't stopped you touching my damn hair. No. Nope. Yeah, that hasn't I'm touched Or calling
1: you. me aggressive in, in, in a meeting. Oh,
0: it, and sometimes Leisha's not even calling me aggressive. It's a, Oh, sorry, <laughs> that's not... No, I wasn't
1: trying to be all oh, okay and the victim. Yeah, which is so interesting because we spoke about this when I said to you that you'll be on these meetings, the Zooms or the Teams meetings, and something's been said and you're, you call it out, and then they go into that whole defense mode where they pull their chair back and they go into this whole like, I'm being a child oh, gosh, I'm the victim. Like, that shit happens all the time. And I've noticed it from this Black Lives Matter because you have to talk about it more at work. We've now been pushed. So I think that push as well, as being women who are in the workplace, Black Lives Matter, which I think is amazing. Don't get me wrong, the uprising of it. But actually, did we ever think about, for example the The impact on women when they were in organisations having to talk about these issues or talk about these things that are going on in work.
0: And how many people have said to me, mm-hmm. "So yeah, the words aggressive have been used about me." <laughs> yeah. Um, how many people talk about mayor are always cussing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is, you know, what does that mean? yeah what does that mean is that the times when i'm pulling you up mm-hmm. is that the times when i'm asking you questions is that the time when i'm appropriately challenging you all of things we should be promoting in young women yeah all the things we should be promoting in society we shouldn't just be accepting everything we're told we should be asking questions and we should also be encouraging people to reflect so you do something wrong mm-hmm. i'm gonna let you know and support you and ask you some questions that might be damn hard but so you can reflect and grow from it that is my expectation of my friends yeah so you as an example Mm leash i do sometimes things Mm -hmm. that are questionable or not great decisions i rely on the fact that you ask me questions about that or you challenge me and say may that wasn't okay did you think about it from the other person's perspective if i didn't have that checkpoint yeah I'd be off on one with no empathy. Mm-hmm. I need to have those conversations. So when you talk about me cussing, what do you really mean? Yeah. Because are you saying that I'm encouraging reflection, which actually is a positive? Or are you saying I'm an angry woman who just keeps cussing, cussing, cussing? And if so, please be able to explain to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: why I'm that
1: Yes, but I think it's quite interesting when you see that, because you know when we were younger people would be like, oh, you're always cussing and that would be like, a, yes, okay, good I'm glad I'm standing like, yeah. I'm I'm stand up for myself you know, kind of thing but like now, you kind of expected it would have moved on, yeah. but then why do we expect it to have moved on when we think about the oppression that happens to yeah. us generally so I do get what you're saying yeah. but it's just quite interesting, because I, as soon as you said that, I remembered us being young and people being like, oh yeah you're always cussing, or you're always
0: but like, oh, he's got something
1: to say yeah. <laughs> but I think we have it now as me and you people always say oh we well, always arguing gosh. and it's quite interesting because I'm like I don't even
0: think I've ever argued with
1: Mia. And we've never really, like, we've fallen out, but, like, not like that. Like, so I'm
0: a bit, like, I don't really get it, but our, it's because we we're, we're challenge each other. Our Jennifer. falling out has lasted a day at a time. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, as you know, would have picked up on a podcast, we chat mad fast. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. our brain work's busy, but we bounce off each other. So we'll be having yeah. a conversation and next thing comes up, but we debate all the time. Lee said something, here I come. Yeah. No, I didn't even think that everyone's awkward. Yeah, yeah. Because we're arguing. This ain't no argument. it's not argument. We thrive off debate. <laughs>
1: that's how yeah. we learn. I, well, I, I, but, and I don't know whether that's come from being at uni because I feel like at uni, it was always about challenging. I always have to analysis, Critical analysis. Critical analysis, you always have to. But I think that's what sparked my love for education. Yeah. So, like, I could challenge me, yes, but I also understand from working in education that that's not necessarily um, for some students it's not culturally appropriate for some students Mm -mm -mm. to to challenge so I can understand now I'm now I'm talking about it that maybe for some people that's going to be awkward but I do think I don't know because when you think about, when I think about when I, my mum used to run a pub, people would be in there playing dominoes and everyone shouting. You're, yeah. you're busting jokes and you're shouting, <laughs> but you're challenging. So it's quite interesting that, what, is it cultural? I don't know. But I, it's I'm, mad that you yeah, still get know. a
0: perception of I'm getting aggression when, boy, I bring my tame version to work. <laughs> yeah. I said to you how many yeah. times I wanted to say to someone in an email, like, who do you think you're talking to? And instead <laughs> yeah. I just said hi i hope this email finds you well yeah. i just want to bring I your attention to <laughs> yeah but that's not what i want to say
1: you no know, because it's so interesting because you know the thing that come up recently about what alex had to Paris, is that yeah. Jamaican, jamaica yeah, 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 yeah. when he's cussing them out and i said i reckon that's a lot of people more like they just want to cuss out people <laughs> you do write that email like i hope it finds you well <laughs>
0: Please see below correspondence that I've sent yeah. four times with no response. Yeah. Um but okay, let me like let me throw that back at you. Yeah, yeah. Like in terms of challenges. What what are you thinking? Lee?
1: Okay, so I think and I will go to that one at the end, I think one of the major challenges for us is that we're fractured as a community of mm-hmm. black women in our communities in Bristol. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say that because I feel like we've been so consumed with the fact that we are gonna hate each other because people are sleeping with each other's partners, Wait. okay? And I think, and I'm going to put out there, because I, I really don't care who dislikes what I say on mm-hmm. this, I think we've been so um, caught up in the fact that this is my man, I don't care if I'm the second or third woman, and mm-hmm. that's who I am, that's my identity, and I'm going to hate you because you're with that man, okay? Rather than actually, we're both parents, how do we parent these sisters or these, sibling, these siblings together as black strong women in this community, So I think the fractured part of our our community for women is the main challenge for me. So I get the stereotypes. I think we're stereotyped hugely. I get the challenges about being invisible. But when I look at us as a collective, I worry that we don't speak to each other. So I'm so thankful, for example, I have you. We will have honest conversations we talk about things from, I don't even know the weather, to like some serious shit. Mm. But then I think there's other women, and I'm not in other groups, so I can't say what you're speaking about. But where is the challenge? Like When you're hurting another woman, are you challenging that woman to say, you shouldn't be hurting her? And that
0: scenario that you're talking about, the role of relationships. Yes. What's your conversation around that? I think we're so caught up in... My yes. man's been with this girl yeah. so let's go get her like yeah. hang on. She has no alliance to you. I would love to think as women we all have an alliance oh, to each absolutely. other because in an ideal world oh, we yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not I'm not dealing with a situation that put, do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? But where we're at now yeah, the cuttiness, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So you want to go get this girl yeah. rather than your partner, who is the one that's accountable and is in but a relationship you, but with yeah, you. You've the, you the got, yeah. you got a trust, you've got a pact, you haven't got nothing with her, but she then becomes subject of your. Do you know what I mean? Of, of your anger hate. and yeah. your hate. Yeah. And I think these are the things, not knowing that she might have been fooled, yes. not knowing she might have been told a good game, mm-hmm. she's feeling vulnerable and, you know, and and I, yeah, you, I completely agree. I think that's the bit that's so sad is that we've come to dragging each other.
1: Dragon. And
0: I, I think I spoke about this before with you about people saying they're for um, black women and, you know, uplifting each other. I remember, sounds random, but real high swells of Atlanta, yeah? Yeah talking about they're all for each other, like, you know, a show, black women. Yeah. At the same time, you're all about sisterhood, but you're dragging each other for the edges.
1: Yes. How yeah. does that yeah. work?
0: Yeah, yeah. How am I going to say, and for my sisters, mm-hmm. and I am making fun of your hairstyle yeah. or your edges based on a Eurocentric model of what beauty is yeah. and how your hair should look and how straight it should be or what your edges should look like? Like, we need to step back. We do. And we think do. about actually what are we projecting on each other that's why i said to you about the colorism thing we need to be real oh it's yes. my job just as i said it's white people's job to be an ally in terms of in terms of um representing and supporting race equality it's my job as a light-skinned person to also be able to advocate yes and support and be an ally mm-hmm. to my sisters mm-hmm. Yeah, who are darker-skinned and experience a whole other level of oppression from wider society. So Mia, I think
1: it's also interesting because you speak about colorism, but you—I don't think we've actually explained kind of what it is. Because I do think there are some people who don't get it in our community. About
0: oh my God, I'm so sorry for all these noises. It's leather <laughs> chairs. I just want to put it out
1: there in case it gets picked up. Um, okay, it's okay. <laughs> but about um, yeah, colorism because and how like how does it impact our community? I think mm. yeah. What what was your thoughts in terms of how you think it impacts our community? Sure.
0: So I guess in terms of a concept like it stems it's you know it's wide reaching it's long-term reaching and i as a starting point even if we were not as a starting point as a point Mm -hmm. if we look at slavery and people's i guess likeness or lightness Mm. um which made them more aligned with white people that that was more favorable so actually you were able to occupy um those um why? It's not even positions, because slavery is yes. slavery. But you were you were given different tasks yeah. that were considered more favourable, such as, such as being within the house if you were light-skinned because you favoured more of the white people, or being able to pass as white, etc. Having some features that perhaps were more favoured because they were Eurocentric, so in terms of white features, etc. Yeah. Et um, but how
1: does that play out today? Because I think this is the problem. We have all this stuff that comes up, and I think...
0: How does this play out... For example, how does this play out in Bristol? It it plays out in Bristol in a huge way. Like, okay, so anyone from Bristol who knows the old school knows, like, the old school schools before everything was academies, yeah? yeah? yeah. St. George, Whitfield, we were yeah. St. Tom's girls. People often say, oh, St. Tom's was a school, like, it had bare, light-skinned girls in, yeah? Yeah. So... So the boys were more drawn the, to... The boys to were more mixed drawn race. to mixed-race girls... That was a thing. Yeah. Um, there were men boys who openly said they didn't date black girls. Yeah. That was a thing. We had it the other way as well, that the mixed race boys were seen as more favorable. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Um, and then we had the media portrayal and wider society's um expectations of what was more acceptable. So even so there's like lots of conversation now, for example, about hair microaggressions yes. and hairstyles. Well, as a mixed race um girl like having the option that you often had your hair straight or your curls were looser and that would seem more attractive yeah so it's embedded in like every layer so from um white society but also within black society what's been internalized of what we see beauty as yeah and lighter skin light eyes um you g you know more i guess yeah looser curls all of that was seen as more favorable we've seen it really play out in the music industry of who are video vixens if Could you like be, yeah who are video girls who are the girls that are put to the forefront of bands yeah. as the lead singer lighter skinned girls because they were seen i guess by wider society as more tolerable or more attractive so basically than- their
1: voices were more heard so for example maybe their voices like when we talk about um being invisible mm. when, and you talk about being an ally because i really want to pinpoint this down and the reason yeah, yeah. why i really we want to do that is because i think in our community we don't talk about it enough so mm-hmm. we talk about we got the fight from all these different angles but when you said you want to be an ally to your black sisters, mm-hmm. it's important that you understand and you're understanding that our voices are definitely more silenced than a lighter skinned woman would be. And it's not
0: just voice silence, it's also the level of oppression experience. Okay, see? So yeah. it's, you know, I talked about hair microaggressions, yeah. but even um, experiences of systems and the working world, police, criminal justice, mental health, This every structure yes, yeah, that we experience you're going to have a worse experience as a darker-skinned person, yes. whether that's male or female. And that's how we start to see colorism. And I think the biggest issue that we have is people not wanting to have that conversation. And we should be. I've watched many American programs, and you know, I love my trash reality TV. <laughs> yeah, you got but, me into it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, I'm sorry for it. <laughs> yeah. But our brain works hard all day. We're allowed some little you uh, yeah, know, I need some vices. Yeah. But what I found watching those programs is people keep muting the conversations of colorism. Man, someone makes a getting comment. So angry? Right, someone makes a comment, and they say, oh, well, he can say that because he's light skin the The woman calls that colorism, colorism, and everyone else is like, "Oh no, she's just calling that card. How is that different to us saying white people don't have the right to say your your um calling a race card. Yes. It's the it's, same it, yeah, and we're it, doing different. it within each other it's and really you different. tell me something like, Maya, this is my experience as a, as a dark-skinned girl and I say to you, oh no, it wasn't that. Mm-hmm. It's not my right for me to strip you of your experience and for me not to but check that the system. a lot. All the time. And I think that this
1: is, again, we speak about what you asked me about the talent is well. I think we're fractured as, as, a, as a community of women, mm. particularly in Bristol because I'm not it feels like women are not ready to hear your story, me, And yeah. I feel like there's other women who are not ready to hear my story. But it doesn't matter because it's my story, so you should be listening. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So I definitely feel like I had to ask you about the colourism thing because I think that's a key thing. The exploitation of black women having that conversation in our community, colourism,
0: another one we need to have between us as women, yeah. what's happening out here. And I think it's interesting with the colourism as well because... I am. Um, there's also the, I guess, objectification yeah. of light-skinned women. Also, yes. Yes. and it happens to dark skin, Don't get me, r- get me wrong. This is like a history. If we think of, yeah, historically, and women being observed in the way they were. we are
1: moving on to the next topic, so Sorry. we're just going to get into it. Oh. Now. now we're getting into it. Right, it. A, the next topic was about how you feel about sexualization of black women in this country. Sure. So you're gonna, yeah, go okay, for, it. Okay. Okay. for
0: it. So it's. It's that thing is we need to address colorism and we need to check ourselves. And then as, like, I think as a lighter skinned woman, like also recognizing what that's become in terms of the media and sexualization and being objectified, like make a man keep calling me a lighty or a browning. Like, what are we really talking about? Because I'm waiting to see what sweets you're eating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about me as a human. (laughs) Is that what we're doing?
1: (laughs) But as being taught that. Do you like, know, as a, and it's quite interesting because as a peer group, they obviously taught themselves these words about lighty and browning, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's I remember browning from when I was younger, like right. that being okay. Like, and, oh nice, she's a browning, yeah, okay. Like that became a as thing. If it's a trophy. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with the media. Yeah. Just like I taught the the fucked up thing about colorism was. Um, magnifying light-skinned women, putting them at the forefront of music videos, the forefront of um, bands being the head person, even if they weren't the strongest singer or the most equipped. But the flip side of that was to also them always being a sexual being.
1: But then also for black women, or dark, sorry, darker skinned women to hate you guys. Mm. Like, that, I think that also happened then maybe. And that's going
0: both ways, yeah.
1: yeah. like we clearly just started to hate each other yeah. because this light-skinned woman was always being put out there, very similar, and I kick him back to the USA because I think that's what we yeah, always yeah, do, yeah. but very similar to when you look at Destiny's Child. Beyonce was put to the front. When you look at all these groups, all these light-skinned women was put to the front and I'm mm. like, but I love Kelly, you know, and I want to be like she's Kelly. She's banging. But, but she, and she's banging. But she has to be at the back. She has to say, take a step backward because the light-skinned woman has to be singing. Mm. So I do get what you're saying about the sexualization and about the um, colorism. But it's the same
0: as when you're... waiting to into
1: all of them, do not it? Yeah, it, it
0: does. <laughs> and it's that whole thing about when... You know, this idea... We spoke earlier about exploitation, Mm. right? And it's almost like when black girls, Mm. brown girls, become women, and that's messed up. Yes. Because this thing that almost 13, 14, developing whatever your fair game to men who essentially are exploiting and grooming. Like, let's just take a step back Of of how toxic illegal (laughs) and horrific and moral that that approach to our girls and women is. And I think This Is It is when we're talking about girls we're talking about girls yes womanhood starts at 18 and even then there's still development but under 18 i'm not talking about age of consent i'm talking about child legally a child under 18 and then actually from wider society and within our own community is deemed as being able to make informed decisions in terms of um men you were exploitative. But so they like to say that she was a big woman. She's a big, big woman. woman because
1: what you perceived to her right. as a big woman because she what had some, uh, she had big breasts or she right. had a big butt. He says so she's a big woman. She's a perceived as a big woman, and I think that is. But again, I don't think it was just men. I no. think it was women it but is. also being like, oh wow, well, look how she carries herself. Look how she walks around the room.
0: She's a big woman. But this goes to the whole thing about what you have to consider in terms of um Clothing as well. Yeah, like for example, you wear a pencil skirt and Let's a talk shirt. About that. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you're talking and, about this. And, and yeah. you little, yeah, yes. petite yes. size, eight white woman in that outfit is yeah. good. You're smart. You're dressed for attire. Now you you bung some curves up in there,
1: mate. I Right, tell you what, and I all tell of a you sudden what?
0: your clothing is inappropriate because it shows a bumper. Mate, it shows. Oh my do you know what I mean? And so it's we've so got that that we're battling with, yeah. like even having to um censor your clothing for work. But, but mate,
1: and do you know what? I didn't even realize it until I started being like working. Yeah, and and I realized like, okay, so I see a woman and she's a white woman and she's just wearing. Like you said, the pencil skirt. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Oh, my God. She looks so stylish. I want to So, like, professional. Ellen. I want to replicate. Tried that. No, it's not... It was not okay. I wore it and it was... The comments or the looks... No, it wasn't comments because I'm going to be... That's gonna be life. comments. It's the look from some of these white men and white women, like always commenting on what you're wearing. Why are you commenting oh, on your what nails, your, my, Oh my gosh, all the or things, your hair. My do? hair. All the, like, oh, your skirt. Oh, your trousers are really nice. But it's only because you can see it They're because tight. of my curves. Yeah, because it's tight. And that's when I was like, It became a thing, like, what am I going to wear to work? Oh, no, I need to wear a jumper that hides my bum because I don't want it to look sexual. Like, for example, in the summer, you might wear a dress that comes to your knees, yeah? Mm -hmm. But when the white woman's wearing one that goes above her knees and she doesn't have the curves like me, cool. But when you are there with your curves, Mm. don't try wearing a dress above your knees because it don't look... It doesn't look, look professional to some of those people. Pause wine. <laughs> Pause wine, yeah. Pause wine. Like I just I don't yeah, I I think it's so interesting that you spoke about that because that goes with a privilege they me. And I do mm-hmm. feel like it's quite mm-hmm. interesting because curves has now become this privilege. When you Ooh. talk about sexualization, because curves now Sought after. When when bat when, ba- for when it. Batty wasn't a thing mm-hmm. and we just had it, people were like, Oh my god, she's big man. She's ch- like, oh, she's in size, four, her bottom's a size 14. Gosh, that is huge. No, but now everyone's striving for the bigger body, the bigger breast. but we had it. The lips, for example. I remember my sister being like, oh, I don't wear certain lips because my lips are too big. But now everyone's trying to buy them and replicate them. But no one's, act, no one's not asking, not about asking. No one's giving us any type of kudos for what we had also about
0: okay yeah, because it's okay it's not beautiful it, w- it it's, wasn't beautiful. it's not no even now alicia okay. the wider perception is, oh, is have it on our yes body. it's okay. not beautiful on our body mm-hmm. it's beautiful when it's on a ma- uh uk majority mm-hmm. so obviously not global majority but within the uk majority yeah. white yes yeah. yeah it is attractive yeah and that I've seen it play out in a carnival. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it is not deemed as beautiful when it is on our body or on yeah. like our face, you see? Mm-hmm. And this is all about that those psychologies, the and sexualization, yeah. Perceptions no, I get that. Of, of black women. Yeah, absolutely. To be fair, I could go
1: on all day. Yes. But we need to. Do you know what we're gonna okay. try to wrap this up because oh my we gosh, will keep that was talking.
0: Big. And I feel like so much still on the but chest. I feel
1: like we'll just keep. We could keep going with this one. Yeah, I'm, and okay, this is why we're,
0: we're having a survey. And this is why wine at 27s normally is like a seven hour session. <laughs> yeah. Because this is how we talk every week. Yeah. Uh, but the thing is, I think it's good and it's healthy. Yeah. So it gets me
1: onto the point. There we go. So, what is our call to action? What is your call to action? What should we be doing as a community? Okay, so I've got my Yeah, you go <laughs> first. Let's get this. I mean, I, th- I spoke earlier about the main, what I think is the main challenges and I think the main challenge is that we're fractured as women. Mm. And I think my call to action would be, as women, we need to come together. So, scrap who you had beef or argument with over man. Mm -hmm. Come and sit down and talk to a woman and support her. We've just been in a national lockdown or still in a national lockdown, and there's been women who's been struggling and going to different groups, but we can't sit there waiting for community projects to pop up, funding to pop up, for us to be like, okay, now we'll come together as a collective and talk. No, we don't need to do that. We can come together. We live in the same areas Let's sit down and have a discussion and talk together. And
0: what did you say to me? It doesn't always have to be like the negative conversation. Because
1: we always the thing is is and it's it's difficult for me and I'm gonna come from my perspective because I'm at work fighting this day to day, okay? Race equality. Race equality. Yeah. So when I'm out here fighting, yes, it's heavy, it's gonna always be heavy, Mm. okay? I actually want to be able to come together as a collective and do something fun. Mm. So very similar to a lot of things that have popped up, not necessarily in Bristol, but in London, you've got a number of um, people doing dancing, doing
0: um Brunches, walks. pottery,
1: art. Uh... Yeah, and just talking, just enjoying us as us. us. Like you can, And this is the thing Like I, I try to do as well in workers, about let's celebrate our achievements. You got through lockdown.
0: Mm.
1: I got through lockdown trying to parent and homeschool a 21 year old which what it feels like hey. <laughs> um, so. Let's celebrate that. Like we've got, we hopefully will have a summer.
0: Let's come together. Do you know what's interesting is what I'd encourage everyone to think about as well. It's because I always think about this. Say mm. we said, okay, cool. This Saturday we're gonna do a um, art class. Yeah? yeah, everyone's welcome. Yeah, I'm yeah? That, yeah. All black women come together. We're gonna do some art. Obviously, outside of when lockdown is. Yes, yeah? yeah, we're yeah, all yeah. COVID adherent. Yes. Yeah. guidance adherent. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But say we did that. I wonder how many people would not come because they're like, do you know what? I don't like them girls. No, but I think... But- and when you say why well, you don't like them girls, what is the reason for it?
1: Exactly. But do you know what is so interesting? You say that because I've been... Um not victim, I wouldn't say victim, but I've been a person who does that. So oh, I will go to certain things. We all things do. I don't I like, I like her, but I don't even know why I don't well, like her. And
0: that's what we need to start asking ourselves this. So my call to action is probably about reflection. Okay, perfect. Yeah. So
1: mine's about being collected. Uh, collect- and mine's see. about
0: following on from that. It's about reflection. Yeah, yeah. So I don't want to be around this person or share a platform for this person or go to their event. Mm-hmm. But I really need to think about the whys. Yes, yes. What is the reason that we... We, we can't get along and I I really struggle to think there's a legitimate reason. Yeah. It's, oh, she thinks she's too nice or da-da-da-da-da. Like, let's scrap all that. Mm-hmm. Firstly, let's all start thinking we're too nice <laughs> yeah. because part of yeah. our problem yeah. is we've accepted shitty relationships and sh- sh- shitty treatment <laughs> yes, babe, because we yes. don't see ourselves as yeah. too nice. So firstly, yeah. let's scrap she thinks she's too nice, so let's let's just recognize we're all nice, let's nice. On a
1: level out here,
0: yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. next, let's just think about what's my issue with this girl, yeah? Because realistically, if she's trying to achieve something that has a shared goal to me, why would I want to be part of it? Yeah, I will be cheeky and put in another call to action, yes. which is men, yes, because yes. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. want men to listen to this and think it's about bashing them because that's not ever what we're oh, about. No, not at all. We're raising black boys, mm-hmm. yeah. We love black men. Mm-hmm. We need to have honest conversations in terms to move forward. Yes. But what I will ask from, in terms of call to action from our black men, is let's have these conversations constructively. Yeah. But also, let's just remember, in the same way I would say to a woman, mm-hmm. yeah. When you're dealing with a guy, like just remember, your, if you have a son, yeah. like he has to be in a relationship. Yes. So treat a man how you would want your son to be treated. Yeah. And I would say to men, as a call to action, treat your woman how you would want your daughter to be treated. Yeah. And if we kept those concepts in our mind, I feel like we would have such a better unity, relationships yes. and communication. I love that and I'm just going to add on because I'm gonna, I'm not even
1: cheeky. I'm just going to add this on. Let's do it. Please do not always think that you're representing all. Uh. When you get into those spaces, stop bringing the ladder up with you and just burning anything for us to go. Please stop doing that because it's really frustrating. It's really annoying me. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop doing that. Like You can represent and say, yes, this is what you feel, but also give space for the woman's voice. Yeah. Because you're in those spaces and it actually is... A spaces that a lot of us can't get to. Yeah. So call to action for those men okay. who are doing that. Okay. Um. So yeah, call to actions about us being collective, us having response,
0: to having what was yours? Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, the wise kitten. <laughs> <in. laughs> mine was, mine was. Um, reflection. Think, reflection. Reflection. Thinking. Yeah. Why are you doing? Why do you have a dislike for that person? Why don't you want to be part of their movement? And then, black men and us as women thinking about treating our partners or others as we would like our children to be treated and using that as a core value love that and i'm gonna end with because <laughs> i have to always add on i think i'm sorry <laughs> i now have to add go. on i have
1: to add on this bit right. let's also understand we all have a collective responsibility nice okay and that's us so next episode will be not sure what the topic is cause i haven't got my notepad <laughs> but we're gonna be here again for another topic
0: okay yeah. and yeah expect to hear something from us every fortnight yeah is that that yes we're gonna aim to do that we're gonna aim yes we're gonna aim yes yes, yeah all right it was lovely guys